Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org. It's Earth Week, so Earth Week is all week long. And there's Earth Day this week as well, and KMSU's featuring special Earth Week programming. The theme of this year's Earth Day is Restore Our Earth, and it's all about reducing our environmental footprint and fixing the damage we've already done. So this morning with me, I have Lee Pomeroy. He is with the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council Executive Board and Clean Energy Resource Team South East Steering Committee, and I have Professor Emeritus Lou Schwarzkopf, Greenhouse Gas Consultant for the South Central Minnesota Food Rescue Project and South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council Executive Board Environmental Committee. So I want to welcome you both. Welcome, both Professor Emeritus, as I should say. Lou, former professor of physics, and and Lee, former professor of English and film. Yes. And so now you guys, you're retired. Yes. I don't know how long you've been retired. Has it been a couple of years? Well, retired means that you stop working for money and you start working because you enjoy doing what you're doing. Perfect. I love it. I love it. And Lou, you were, you've been at, were in physics and you've been retired just a couple of years at least. Uh, yeah, just a couple. 11 years now. Okay. Uh, but likewise, what Lee said, stop working for money and doing what I like to do. And you guys have been really involved with environmental issues for as long as I've known both of you. I know you've been on the Environmental Steering Committee at the university, correct? Mm-hmm. Right. And I know... I'm still on it. And oh, You're still on it? You yep. can be emeritus mm-hmm. and okay, they, they still keep you on. That's good. There's an emeritus member and that's me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. And uh, of course, Lee, I always see Lee drives, we're in the na- same neighborhood and he'll drive by, I'll work it in the yard in your little electric car and you'll report to me how many miles per gallon you get and it's pretty tremendous. Yes, uh, right now uh, it's 153 at this point. Wow. Because I've been, it's not a wholly electric car, it's a, it's right. a plug-in Prius Prime. So it, it's sort of the best of both worlds now because we don't have the infrastructure for charging or the technology to to run cars much longer than we do with a battery so uh it gets 25 miles all electric and then the hybrid system kicks in so when it's all electric it's infinite miles per gallon and then the hybrid system without the battery is uh 55 miles per gallon oh that's not bad no it's not bad now, both of you, like I said, you retired and you've been become even more involved with environmental issues. And I want you to just talk a little bit, where did that interest come from and what sorts of things are you doing now? Let's start with Lou. I got interested back in the 90s. Uh, I read an article in Scientific American called The Coming Oil Crisis and read it and I thought, uh, this looks really bad. Looks like we're running out of oil. Mm-hmm. And long story short, I kept reading and uh, expanded my interest to climate change and sustainability in general and have been working on projects in that, working on the Environmental Committee ever since. And what sorts of things have you done on that Environmental Committee throughout the years? Have How have you see, seen things change since you first became interested in the 90s? Uh, well, um, 
the Environmental Committee has done a number of things since I've been on the committee, and I've been there since it started in 2012. Uh, it's put on a couple of sustainability expos at the university. Uh, we've written a climate action plan uh, for the university, and you can see that on the university website. Uh, we have been uh, monitoring the carbon footprint. Uh, I'm the one who does that because, oh, okay. because I like working with spreadsheets, right? and I can't find anybody else who does. How do you how do you do that? What what does that entail? I'm just curious because I I would have no idea. That's probably why you're the only one because you're the only one that really knows what to do. Maybe uh, I I was fascinated by it originally. So for and there's a protocol which tells you how to calculate the footprint. But basically there are three parts. There is the um, footprint from the electricity that's used on campus. Uh, there's the footprint from the natural gas uh, that's burned to heat the buildings, and we also have to count the tail tailpipe emissions from commuters back and forth to campus. So have we improved over the, the years since the time you've been doing this? Uh, yes, we have, in fact. And the linchpin for the improvement was a program uh, that was done at facilities management. It was spearheaded by Ron Fields when he was the assistant vice president there. He brought in the guaranteed uh, energy savings plan, which most people on campus know about when they switched out the light bulbs. Right, we all got the LEDs. Or we got the LEDs. That was 85% of the savings. Wow, that's pretty significant. So so that's so, sort of how you have been involved mm -hmm. and continue to be involved. I'm going to go to, to Lee and talk about your involvement. How did you first get in, um, uh, and when would it kind of happen? Yeah, I've always been involved with environmental issues. Um, I was a member for a long time of the Mankato Area Environmentalists, which started, oh, back when I remember taking my kids. I have twins who are now in their 30s, but when they were like two years old, coming with uh, my wife Greta and, and me to um, sort of a demonstration that the Mankato Area Environmentalists had put on. Uh, but uh, what where I really got keyed on the, the energy issue and the climate issue was there was a Gustavus Adolphus conference. Um, shoot, I was trying to look it up right now. Was it one of those Nobel ones by chance? Nobel conference, okay. exactly. And it was on energy. Oh. And it was like a shot upside the head. It was like, oh my God, you know, we're, I'm not going to say it on we're, the air, we're in trouble. <laughs> big, big trouble. <laughs> Unless we do something here. Right. And there are some really all-star speakers then. Stephen Chu, who eventually became Secretary of Energy for, um, uh, under Clinton. Obama. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, and James Hansen, who's... Mm -hmm. yeah really was one of the first scientists to, to ring the bell, say, gee, we're you know in deep trouble with climate issues. And it's funny because Hansen, people think, oh, these guys just believed in this stuff and they're trying to sell us on something. Well, Hansen was a pure researcher and he was studying the atmosphere of Venus. And he said, why is this planet so hot? You know, it's got a certain proximity to the sun and stuff, sure. but it's you know, we know that it's even hotter than a ship. Well, he figured it was so hot because of greenhouse gases. 
And then he was, well, we have greenhouse gases on Earth. What are our greenhouse gases doing? He began looking through, you know, the history. And, and we've known since the latter part of the 19th century that greenhouse gases, you know, carbon dioxide and others can, can in fact, warms the Earth. And without them, this would be snowball. So you need some, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so a little, but not too much. Yeah. So from that, I just, I said, man, this is what I'm dedicating the rest of my life to. So, so that was after you retired then. I don't know when you were. Uh, I was still teaching for You a were while. still teaching. Yeah. Okay. Then. Um, and um, so anyway, that's, you know, you just think it's like being a camper and going camping. And you want to leave your campsite cleaner than when you arrived. And that's what we have to do on earth here and we're not <laughs> we're leaving it a mess so well see in my own i've been doing my little steps through my gardening but i know you've you have solar on your house you've got your electric uh hybrid car and i don't know what else you've done maybe both of you because it, it, it's a combination i think of everybody doing something something for the the greater good of all and so i don't know what else you do or what specifically you know besides being active and talking about it well you know, Go ahead, Lou. Lou. It's a combination of everybody doing something, but that by itself is not enough. There needs to be systemic change as well. And I've seen calculations which indicate that if everybody does something, it's not going to be enough. It's not, because okay. Because we need to change the system. We need to change the electricity system so it's renewable. And that's uh, we're doing pretty well as far as that goes in Minnesota right now. Do you do any renewable energy on your own personal? Um, uh, well, yes, I have. I don't have a plug-in hybrid like Lee does. Okay. So he beats me there, but I do have a hybrid Camry, mm -hmm. and Lee persuaded me to get a hybrid uh, RAV4. Sure. Um, and, and he would have gotten a plug-in one, but you can't get them in Minnesota. Because of the demand? or They... They've saved them all for California. They're not making enough. Oh, okay. So you did what you could. I did what I could. Yep. I I've insulated my house. Oh well, okay. Well, that's that's important. Mm. Did you subscribe to Community Solar too, Lou? I I did. Yes. So Talking about that, what is exactly Community Solar, and how can everybody be part of that? Because I've seen it, but I don't really understand it myself, to be honest with you. So. Um, it's you get a subscription in a community solar garden, and that's uh, we did that through Cooperative Energy Futures, which has a number of solar gardens here in the area. And one of the things I like about them is that they say, well, we want to make this available to everybody. So they, they're looking not for rich people who are good credit risks, <laughs> but also poorer people. Sure. They want to involve them, too. So that's a good program. And uh, another feature of it is there's no upfront cost. So you just subscribe, and uh, you get a credit um, on your Excel bill for the uh, clean electricity that your subscription produces in the solar project. And in return, you have to pay back the developer um, but you always pay back the developer at a lower cost. So you're always saving money. So you are saving money. That's what I was wondering yes. if it's something that you do just to feel good or if you actually, you know, a lot of people want to see how it affects their bottom line. Mm -hmm. And it's good for your bottom line. 
<laughs> well, I, I'm going to have but, to look into that then. But you should. Yeah. And uh, there's a company that I probably shouldn't name that is looking for uh, residential subscribers here in the area. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, well, I get those in the mail, and I never know what's legit or not. Well, there's a number of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and certainly people can contact me. Uh, and, uh, Lee Palmer, and right? And they have. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, about putting solar on their houses. Because you've done that quite a while, right? The solar Yeah, panels. I've had them since 2017. Okay, so. And also about um, the people who are sending out flyers and stuff about community solar. Now, in the case of Lou's company, Cooperative Energy Futures, it's run by a young guy. Uh, I mean, he looks like he's about 16. <laughs> okay. Um, and it is, in fact, a co-op. You know, it's it's not for profit. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like if you join a credit union and said this is an energy company, and this is what they do. Um, so, uh, you know, I, you know, I mean, there are some for-profit community solar developers, and they're fine too. They're really good ones. Um, but, um, you know, in this case, this is a not not for profit operation. So. Okay, good to know, because those are things that I don't know that everybody, including myself, are, yeah. you know, you don't know exactly, because I see so many different things, and it's kind of confusing sometimes. Well, the scary thing is, it's more complicated than just paying your energy bill to Excel or Benko or whomever. It's a t- kind of a two-step process, because you're getting credits back from the energy company, and then you're paying into the community solar company. So it takes a little bit of extra work on your part, but once you get it set up, Lou, it's it's like easy isn't it uh, once you get it set up it's easy uh, and the difference is that you get two bills a month you get a bill from Excel and you get a bill I get a bill from uh, or we my, my wife and I get a bill from cooperative energy futures uh, but since there's a limit to how big your subscription can be and it's a hundred per hundred and twenty percent of your average electricity bill with Excel, and I opted for the maximum. So every Excel bill I get says credit. Oh, get a credit. That's nice. We just got a check from Excel. <laughs> nice. Fact, wow, that's really they, nice. They uh, re up and give you a check every year. Whoa, that's awesome. Yeah. I know we're part so, of the Benco in, in our lake cabin. Yes. And we just got our first check, but, you know, they do the, the cooperative sharing thing, too, but that's different. Oh, really? At your lake cabin? Yeah, yeah, that's our, yeah, it's a part of the Benco system. Yeah, but, I mean, they send you checks? Well, it's it's part of the, that's what a co-op is. A co-op does. Oh, okay, because it's of a co-op. The, uh, yeah. Right, okay. not mm-hmm. because of, but, but, but I'm just saying. But you pay to them, too. I mean. Oh, yeah, I yeah, pay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when there's money left over, then you get a check Yes, back. which is kind of a nice deal, yeah. too. So well, interesting, the uh, chair, uh, the CEO of Benko, uh, Dave Sunderman, who is a Mankato resident. Yeah, he lives just not too far from where we are in the mm. lake. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, Dave is also on the governor's uh, Climate Change Advisory Committee. Oh, he is. That's I didn't great. Know, yeah. I did not know that. We're represented. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah. Now, both of you are part of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council, and you're the chair, and you're on the, the committee what exactly is that? What does that do? I assume it's a nonprofit group. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. kind of an oh, ad hoc group. Okay. Uh, we're not even nonprofit. We're sort of nothing. Oh, <laughs> but but <laughs> okay. we originally this came out of uh, E2020, and Lou was on the original group that yep. did that. Uh, and there were two groups that came out of E2020, uh, which was a sort of a planning and development thing in Mankato. What 
15 years? It's been quite a while, yeah. yeah. Uh, eventually, those two committees joined. Um, and uh, and then they were under the aegis of Region 9 Development Commission. And then Region 9 had to contract because of some economic issues. So they kicked us out, which was fine. And we went independent. But we hooked up with South Central Service Cooperative, mm -hmm. which is a uh, nonprofit that assists school districts, counties, and cities with certain administrative functions that are m done much better through a central administration kind of thing. It's uh, And they allowed us to use their facility for our monthly forums, which we do on the second Friday of every month at 9 o'clock in the morning. And they provided us with a space. Well, eventually, of course, COVID happened and we couldn't meet there. And then they said, well, would you, would you like to use our Zoom facilities? Well, sure. And then they have a technical person, Karen Stoll, was absolutely fantastic. And she sets us up on the second Friday of every month at 9 o'clock for a Zoom meeting. And in fact, the Zoom has been a great boon to us because we can get presenters and also participants, uh, you know, and, and people dialing in, as it were, from all over the world. And literally, literally we have. Mm -hmm. But the primary purpose now is to present forums, monthly forums, on something having to do with clean energy. Precisely. So, in, so informative. Inform informative yes. is what they are meaning. Yep. Yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. yep. So we do have a website and a Facebook page. South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Look it up. And uh, it tells about you know what's happening every month. Let's see. Next month, our presenter is coming from no Norway. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, you're sure you betcha. <laughs> he's uh, not actually coming from Well, Norway. Uh, coming he's, in. He's no. via the, the Zoom. Zoom. He's yes. zooming in from yes. Norway. Thank right, you, Lou. Right. Uh, this past month, we had, uh, oh, Brianna Baker, whom we've talked about, and her cohorts uh, at Clean Energy Resource Teams talking about um, how Minnesotans can save money on their energy bills, especially Minnesotans who live in substandard housing energy-wise and things, uh, and, and how, we, how the state and various other agencies are uh, available to help people. Brianna in, you know, does uh, energy weatherization for Minnesota Valley Action Council, things like that. Then the month before that, our Zoom presenter zoomed in from Sweden. So you really we are do it. reaching all <laughs> all around the world, literally. Oh, yeah. You know, one thing I noticed, you have a title, uh, Lou, that's interesting. It's Greenhouse Gas Consultant for the South Central Minnesota Food Rescue <clears throat> Project. What in the world is a greenhouse gas consultant? I'm just trying to picture what this exactly is. Uh, this is something <laughs> that Betty Winkworth uh, got me into. Oh, okay. <laughs> She's coming on Betty, this she'll, week. She'll be on later, yeah, yeah. and I'm glad for it. Uh, this is a project that came, um, Natasha Frost, who's the owner of Wooden Spoon. Uh, so bakery a, in Mankato, right? Mm -hmm, okay. Right, mm -hmm. right. Submitted a grant proposal to the MPCA uh, to avoid wasting food. And the problem she saw is that food was coming in on pallets to the uh, um, Walmart distribution center. And if it didn't meet their specs, they just reject it, and frequently it just went into the landfill, wow. like chicken, pallets of chicken, 50 pounds of so chicken. So there's nothing wrong with it? 
nothing wrong with it. It just did not read their specs. Hmm. And she was rightly appalled, as people should be. So she wrote the grant proposal and got the grant uh, to t take care of this. And what the grant does is to give her a space, money for space uh, next to the wooden spoon and also for uh, building, uh, making an app so that once she gets the food, she can use an app to connect the food with nonprofits in the area. So food shelves or, food. or whatever. Yes, yes. That's the point of the grant. Wonderful. And I come in in just a secondary way because MPCA said, well, if you're going to do this, you have to calculate the greenhouse gases averted if uh, since you're not throwing the food in the landfill and you're not having to grow additional food because you wasted it. And that's my role. So more calculations. I, I detect a theme here with calculations <laughs> and Lou Schwarzkopf. Calculations and spreadsheets. Yes. I love them. I yeah. can <laughs> you know, and that's good. We need people that, that do that because, I mean, that would be like my worst nightmare, obviously. But, you know, so that's great. I am so cool. think that's so great. I want to thank Lee Pomeroy for bringing the idea to me to say, what are you doing for Earth Week? And honestly, Lee, I hadn't thought about it. And then he said that. And I thought, well, we really should do something. You know, I do my own little thing on Garden Shows and with Al Bat, that kind of thing. But why did you want us to do this? What is What do you want to, to get out there, really? What's kind of your focus that you really want people to hear? Well, I, actually, I want to comment on what Lou just said. Oh, you know, sure. He said he loves spreadsheets, but oh. I have to tell... <laughs> you know, people that his daughter's an accountant. So I think well, she got that from somewhere. Yes, of course. <laughs> yes, CPA. Definitely. Um, I am, a, a, I'm an evangelist in terms of spreading the word, as is Lou, about um, really the danger of climate change. Um, we, and I'm going to have a piece coming out this week in the free press. Um, we've had a wonderful run here as a human civilization for about 10,000 years. Right. And this has only happened during this Goldilocks climate that we've lived in where it hasn't been too hot, hasn't been too cold, but just right. And uh, the history of the planet is that it's not had the same atmosphere nor the same temperatures over the last four and a half billion oh, years. As a gardener, I mean, and the, with the rain and stuff, I just see that so much because I've been doing this for years too. Yeah. And, it, and it alarms me because even with wet basements, think people, you know, you think about all of a sudden we're getting these huge events where we're before we didn't. So, I mean, I'm with you. We, yeah, and we see this in a very short period of time. Well, we've been borrowing from the future to pay for the present, not just financially, which we all know about, because we see it in the paper all the time, but also climatologically. So, you know, in our great civilization, we've pumped all these greenhouse gases in the in the atmosphere, most of which have ended up in the oceans, actually, thank God, because if the ocean hadn't absorbed them, we'd be burning up right now. But that creates its own set of problems because the oceans get warmer, changes that balance, they become more acidic, changes that balance. Of course, that creates warmer waters, create uh, greater storms, which is why we have more intense hurricanes. I mean, the whole thing is interconnected. So as we drive our big hawker SUVs down the street, you know, every gallon of gas we use is putting 20 pounds of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. Multiply that by all the SUVs you have, 
around here. I mean, do you really need, you know, a 170-pound person driving one, uh, three, six ton, I'm sorry, three-ton, 6,000-pound vehicle to get from here to there? Now, isn't it interesting when the gas prices went down, how then all of a sudden people started buying up all the big SUVs again because, well, I can mm. operate this. It doesn't get good gas mileage, but it doesn't cost me anymore, so who cares? You know, so that's, it's just this mentality that I think it's sort of like with me looking at the lawns where you have this perfect, vast wasteland for pollinators. And I told you that you're going to go buy my house. You're going to see more clover in it because it's going to feed the bees. Yes. And it's not going to look maybe perfect like your golf course, right? But it's the same mentality. I think you just have to somehow change that. Same with just because gas is inexpensive, well, that doesn't mean you should go buy a bigger vehicle. No. Yeah, mm-hmm. about your lawn. You know, I mean, come by and look at my lawn. And it's it's a, it's sort of a culturally diverse lawn. You know, my and- friend Barb Lampson would call that a salad. <laughs> Well, indeed, yes. dandelion. Yeah, young da- they are really good for the you know, yeah, wine and salad. That's why they were brought to this country as a crop. Right, and people don't realize that. Yeah. I, and if you, if I do have dandelions, you'll see me picking them out me one too. by one. Me too. Yeah, I got my my little little thing that goes in the ground prong and, thing. Yeah, and pull them out. Yeah, but but I'm gonna so so when I take a, a dandelion out now, I'm sprinkling little mini clover seeds in there, and cool. then that's so you'll be seeing that in the little hole that you make. Yeah. So the divot. Had thought of that. Yeah. So then what happens is those little mini clovers are able to push out weeds, which I don't want. And then when everybody else's lawn goes dormant, which they normally do, some people are like, oh my God, my lawn's dying. And it naturally does in July and August. And then they water more and that's even worse for it, you know. Um, mine will still be a little more green because it'll have that clover. Yes. Mine too. But not talk about me. Let's talk about you. Let's get so, Lou in on this, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, just just what what is your kind of word that you want to make sure people hear as we're having this platform, Lou? Um, Lee mentioned the science, and the science is important. Uh, so the scientists through the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change have said that we need to keep the temperature of the earth, the temperature of the earth, um, the increase uh, below 1.5 degrees Celsius in order to avoid the most catastrophic effects of climate change. And that's what? Two and, and a half uh, degrees Fahrenheit, right? Yeah, that doesn't sound like yeah. much. People say it big deal, like right? Much. But well, we can quantify that a little more. So what does that mean about our uh, greenhouse gas emissions? That means, uh, roughly speaking, we need to reduce them in half by 2030 and reduce them entirely by 2050. And the good news is that if you look at electricity here in Minnesota, we're on track to do that. So Excel has a mandate mandated by uh, the state of Minnesota in the Next Generation Energy Act to produce 30% of its electricity from renewable sources by 2020, and they've embraced the mandate. So now they say we we can do better in 50% renewables by 2030. We can do 80% and 100% by 2050. And the other electric utilities are following suit in Minnesota. So electricity looks good. Uh, we still have problems in the other sectors of the economy, and the best thing to do is to buy an electric car, electrify <laughs> the transportation system, and 
uh, since electricity is doing so well, we'll, we'll need electrification of the other sectors of the economy. So there's hope that we can really get out of this mess that we got ourselves in by burning fossil fuels just with abandon. We have been talking with Dr. Lou Schwartzkopf, Professor Emeritus at Minnesota State, as well as Dr. Lee Pomeroy, Professor Emeritus here at Minnesota State, as part of this year's Earth Week, Restore Our Earth, and it's all about reducing our environmental footprint and fixing the damage we've already done. We're almost out of time um, sadly, but I want to thank you for bringing this idea up. Any final words that you'd like to share with us? You well, two? first of all, I'm not a doctor. I only play one on TV. Oh, okay. You're like Dr. Science. I'm like Dr. I Science. I have a master's degree in science. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, okay, then. Final thoughts is that anybody can contact us, Lou or me, if they have questions. Okay. Um, you know, get involved. Do what you can, even a little bit. Lou? Uh, get involved. We need systemic changes, and that means um, join organizations that can make change at both the state and the national level. Right. And think about your kids, your grandkids, yep. because they're mm -hmm. the ones who are going to be suffering from your uh, lifestyle today if you don't make the right choices. Yep. Agreed. And, and yeah. now one thing you said, you, we, we each can do our own part, but it's not going to be enough. Is it going to take legislation? It's going to take legislation. So what can That's we do right. as individuals to make that happen? Oh, contact your legislators. What do we say to them? I mean, you uh, know. Well, just tell them that you, you know, you're concerned about the future and your kids and stuff and you know people think that oh it's going to cost a lot of money well that's well that's not, true that is that's a big thing not true okay they throw that up at you yep there may be some short-term costs but in the long run it's going to save us a lot of money down the line it's and like if you look at the renewable energy sector of the economy that's growing faster than other parts of the economy Absolutely. here in minnesota yeah and i have to confess that i've made well, a little bit of money this past year investing in, in renewable energy uh, investments. Uh, so they do pay off on a personal mm -hmm. basis, yeah. too. Okay, well, that's good to hear. So Because some people, it's all about the money saying, well, I'm not going to put a bunch of solar panels on my house because it cost me you know, so much, blah, blah, blah. And that's a reason why some people won't do things like that. Well, I get checks from XL, too. And tell me about your car. How much do you save with, with that? Well, the fu funny thing is is that the basically the cost of a Prius Prime after the tax credit of $4,500 is about the same price as a regular Prius. Mm -hmm. And in fact, if you invest in a uh, like a, a Chrysler van, all the Chrysler hybrid vans are plug-ins now. You cannot get a Chrysler van that's not a plug-in. And they're actually cheaper after the $7,500 tax credit than a regular Chrysler you know, gasoline van. It's a better investment. It's mm -hmm. cheaper. Yeah, since we're talking about money and cars, we should mention electric cars and the fact that if you want to get a Chevy Bolt, I got a ride in a Chevy Bolt during Recharge Mankato a while ago, and it's a really sweet car. I'd love to get it. It's a little more expensive. Up front. Up front, yeah, but the cost of the electricity and the cost uh, for running the car is much less than the cost of the gasoline, and the cost of the maintenance is also much less than for a regular car. And who was the chief engineer on the Chevy Bolt, and now the chief engineer on the Chevy Hummer? Josh Tavel, Table Tavel, a graduate of Mankato State University. No way. Mankato. Mm -hmm. Way. Yep. Way. Oh. <laughs>
<laughs> well, I'm going to have to get his name, and we're going to have to have him on the show. Uh, yeah, I can tell T-A-V-E-L, Josh Tavel. Thanks. Hey, we're out of time, but I want to thank you guys so much for coming on. Lou Schwartzkopf, Lee Pomeroy, it's been great to have you on. Thanks for kicking off Earth Week. Yeah, Thanks, Gary. All right, Thanks, bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye. Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA. More at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org.